Hello there and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. For this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. I did an interview with uh, my Ninja Turtles channel on YouTube, and uh, I figured I would rerun the interview here. So, as opposed to me being the host, I am the guest of this one. So, any, regardless, I would like for you to check out uh, my Ninja Turtles channel. He's got a, good, a lot of good content on uh, YouTube, and uh, enjoy this interview. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to My Ninja Turtles channel. I'm very happy to be joined today by Brian Van Hooker, the host of the Ninja Turtles podcast, Turtle Tracks. He's been doing the podcast for a long time. He's interviewed dozens of famous Ninja Turtles people who've worked on movies, cartoons, video games, a little bit of everything. And of course, Turtle Tracks was featured in my video for the best TMNT podcast a while back, so I'm definitely a big fan. I'd like to recommend everyone subscribe to Turtle Tracks today. Joined by Brian Van Hooker, also a talented writer. He's written for Inverse, Mel Magazine, and Cracked as well. So welcome, Brian Van Hooker. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is really cool you joined me. You do the all-interview show, the all-interview Turtle Tracks podcast. So you've interviewed a lot of Ninja Turtles people, Kevin Eastman, Pat Fraley, Steve Barron, Bobby Curnow, Roy Burdine, Rob Paulson... Kevin Monroe, the list goes on and on. You're a real pro, and I'm a real amateur, so I'm happy to talk to you. <laughs> How did you get into Turtles? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't remember a time before I was a Turtles fan. I grew up with it, with the uh, the original cartoon and the, uh, the 1990 movie. And then um, I just uh, stayed a fan ever since. I, I just never seemed to grow out of it, even as I grew out of other things like Power Rangers and the like, somehow Turtles always stuck, so. Nice, yeah, Turtles are one of those franchises that's kind of just always been around, and a lot of good fans, and of course, you said you were there for the early, like, uh, early 90s Turtle Mania kind of initial wave with the cartoon series and all that. Yeah, I remember I got a, I remember the first Turtle toy I got was Raphael, um, and uh yeah i don't i honestly don't remember a time before i was a turtles fan i i grew up very much with that that first show starting in 87 i'm sure so nice and how did you get into being um well do you consider yourself like a journalist or just like a podcast host or a writer how did you get into all that um i mean i guess a writer first um but i i oh i've been writing since i was like 14 or 15 um and mostly focused on like uh like writing my own comic books or um uh scripts like i've i've done a couple of pilots and things like that um and then i got into magazine writing about 12 years ago i started for maxim magazine actually no i started at at um there was a, a magazine for adult swim that was online only and i Started working there, but before anything got published, the magazine shut down. So then I moved to Maxim, Men's Health, and a few others. Uh, about five, about six years ago, I started doing it full-time uh, for Mel Magazine, where I was for about five years. And then they shut down uh, a couple times, actually. And then um, after the, after Mel shut down the second time, I, I moved over to Cracked, where I'm now the, the senior features writer over at Cracked Magazine. And I've been there for almost a year, give or take. So... Really nice. That's a cool history. Ninja Turtles and being a writer. And did you go to school for like journalism or something like that? Or did you just pick it up naturally? Are you just like a curious guy? 
I went for mass communications and uh, yeah, even the journalism part, like I kind of resist, not resist the term, but I kind of once, like it kind of still strikes me that that's what it is. Like I mostly do interviews with people like um, doing TV histories and um, histories of, uh, I don't know, mostly, I do mostly do interviews and uh, it's oftentimes histories of TV shows, movies, things like that. Um, I also did the official oral history of, the last Ronin, which was a huge, um, huge thing for me to be able to do. I uh, like it was officially like picked by a IDW to to uh, write the story of the last Ronin. I was kind of bugging them for a while, for about a year as the issues were coming out. And uh, once the final one was done, I got started on writing the history of it and got to talk to everybody involved with the last Ronin uh, for that story. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like, uh, I just enjoy talking to people and um, yeah, I, I enjoy writing. So that's sort of, I kind of fell into journalism sideways a little bit through writing. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah like jur it. Journalism sounds so proper and journalism sounds so yeah, refined. Yeah, it's like too official. Yeah, yeah. So. You, you do a great job of just having like natural conversations and it, it sounds so formative. Yeah, like you're a, a TMNT historian, a documentarian. It sounds so proper but yeah you just have yeah. great conversations with people and um you're natural and relaxed it's great to listen to your interviews and that's cool to hear how the oral history of the last ronin came about you had been kind of pitching that to them and they decided to go for it at a certain point is that you said that was the initial start of it yeah i reached out to them probably around when the first issue came out because i kind of had the the i'd done enough things like i'd done enough oral histories where i kind of like knew what i was doing with those and sent them a bunch and said, hey, can I do this? And they said, yeah, we don't want to bug the team while they're doing it. So check back. And, you know, it took a long time for the or the last Ronin to come out. It took like mm -hmm. um, a while. So um, I just checked back every couple of months and said, hey, uh, you know, and then they just said, yep, uh, just let me know when. The, the, basically, I just kept checking in, remind them I existed. Uh, but they helped me put all the interviews together. I, I talked to Kevin Eastman for probably the third or fourth time I've gotten to talk to him. And um, for that, and Tom Waltz, who was awesome. And I actually went to interview Ben Bishop in person, who's a buddy of mine. Um, so, yeah, I, I really uh, it was it was a, a huge honor to be able to do it. And I was just grateful that IDW was cool with me putting it together. So that was a really great article. Um, <clears throat> that was a really oh, great you. article. Yeah. I, I read that and uh, featured it on my weekly Tuesday live stream and talked about all the different parts of that. And then you released the audios for all the interviews. And it was great to hear that and hear how the last Ronin came about and all the creative process and all the decisions they went through to produce the cool miniseries. That was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and I was thrilled with what, with what uh, came out of it too. The, the, um, the last Ronin was a huge event for, you know, Ninja Turtles fans and people revisiting the turtles after so many years. So what a great uh, thing to be able to kind of, chronicle because i mean last runner was is still ongoing a huge part of tmnt history yeah definitely a big revival turtle mania part two maybe um and yeah. i've seen you done those other oral histories like one for batman the animated series one for seinfeld you've done a bunch of those um how do you yeah. decide which questions to ask like there's so many questions to ask to these people how do you decide like which um do you have like an agenda or like a path you're trying to get them to go down or do you just Usually, ask whatever you find yeah, interesting like i try to get the story of like like with um with Batman the animated series, it was about Christmas with the Joker because that was like the official, like the story was about Christmas with the Joker. But um I like it was a chance for me to talk to Mark Hamill and um um oh my god 
Kevin Conroy. And um, so I kind of talked a little bit about their relationship starting from when they first started together uh, recording that show to uh, up until a couple years ago. Um, so that one was cool. Uh, it was really about finding out the, the, the history of that, that episode. So who wrote the episode, um, how it came together, any challenges while, uh, while putting the story together. Um, also sort of, um, the Joker highlights from that one and Batman highlights. So I try to piece together the story of like, if I do an oral history of an episode, for example, I've done a lot of those of like Seinfeld or, or things like that. I'll talk to the writer first, usually find out where the genesis of the episode came from, um, any sort of memories from building the story out, anything that's memorable from like a, a table read or the taping. And I really just kind of go through the process of an episode of a television show kind of start to finish. And uh, that's generally my approach. Like with oral histories, they tend to be a little bit long for reading. So I kind of keep the chronology pretty straightforward where I start in the beginning of where did this episode begin and end with how it ended or if it won an Emmy or something, then I'll end there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you did a great job. Um, the last, I think the last Ronin article ended with like all the toys and what's next for them in the future. And that was yeah. a great, um, you had a great little narrative in the article that told the story and explained where they're going in the future. Um, and that was cool to hear your process. So you just kind of write down questions that you think will be interesting. Do you have any, I'm asking for any tips and tricks as an uh, amateur interviewer over here from a real pro. Do you have any tips and tricks? Um, I just try, uh, I'm trying to think what I, um, I usually just try to think about the process of making something like if it's, so like if I'm interviewing, like, so with the podcast, it's a little different. Cause like with the, when writing an article, I need to get these specific questions. So like, Sometimes people will kind of meander during an interview and uh, for a podcast, it's not a huge deal, but for an interview where I need to tell a certain story, it's like, okay, well, I need to kind of redirect it and make sure I get the, all the facts I need to. It's like a checklist of mm -hmm. things I need to do for, um, for a podcast. I tend to like, you know, I'll have a handful of questions beforehand. Like I just talked to Judith Hogue uh, yesterday and, you know, I asked her about like when she, um, how she got the part of April in the 1990 movie, if she was familiar with the turtles beforehand, any memories from filming in North Carolina or at the farmhouse or at the subway stop scene that where she was fighting all the foot ninjas. So I tend to try to educate myself as much as possible on who I'm interviewing, uh, especially their turtle stuff, and um, just try to attack questions that way. I don't like to go crazy long, like... Some of my podcasts are 30 minutes. Some of them end up being an hour and change because we just get rolling. But um, I just kind of look through their history of them as a person and also them as a turtle person and uh, go about it that way. So That's really cool. W would you like any tips and tricks from me about how to be a bad interviewer? I have plenty of tips and <laughs> no, tricks. No, you're doing great. Oh, thanks. Um, I know your podcast started, uh, Turtle Tracks started on the Turtle Flakes podcast is that it was on their feed originally well with rob luther who does the turtle flakes podcast or was it turtle tales radio at that point it was turtle flakes at the time and um i uh i was kind of dipping my, so i was doing a lot of interviews at that point for work and i wasn't always interested in who i was interviewing so i honestly wasn't like thinking the world needs another podcast because there's so many out there um but it was more like an excuse because i wanted to talk to people like Rob Paulson and Pat Fraley and Kevin Eastman and things like that. So 
I had known those guys and listened to their and listened to Turtle Flags for a while. And um, we kind of struck up a relationship and I started doing interviews and I ran as like a little bit of a like a sideshow for them, uh, in part because I just didn't want to. <laughs> I hate editing. Like, I just can't stand it. Um, like I, the, the amount of like, I don't love listening to back myself talk. I kind of get bored. So like. I like I said I created the podcast as an as an excuse to talk to turtles people, and once I've spoken to them, I've gotten what I, I want out of it. Like I don't, I cared less about putting it out there. It was more about like, oh, I got to talk to this person, which is super cool to me. Um, so I started out with Turtle Flakes, and they kind of put together the first couple of episodes uh, on their channel, and. Um, yeah, after a little while, I decided like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll do my own thing because I was enjoying doing it. Um, but it took a while. Like I recorded probably a good five, six episodes that sat for six months to a year. And then I would just get to rec- uh, editing them occasionally. And uh, thankfully, um, originally my audio sounded terrible because I just didn't have much skill in that department or energy for fixing up the audio. Uh, and a guy emailed me, his name is Ian Williams. And he's like, hey, I love your podcast, but your audio sucks. And um, uh, can I just edit your stuff? So um, for the last, oh, Christ, probably four years, Ian has edited every episode and remastered the ones from early on to try to make the most out of my shitty audio. Um, so unfortunately, so now what I do is I record, I send it to Ian right away. And, uh, you know, whenever he's able to get it out, he he sends it back to me and uh, we have an episode. So really a huge part of the podcast is Ian. Because uh, again, once I stop recording an interview, I'm 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 pretty much done. I, like I got to talk to this person, that's awesome, and then my interest level goes down in the rest of the process. Uh, so for like Ian is is a huge part of this podcast, so I'm I'm super grateful to him. Oh, great! Well, yeah, we all thank Ian. Podcast sounds great. I remember those first few episodes were a little rough, but they oh, sound yeah. great now. And um, why did you decide to go on your own? Why did you decide to leave Turtle Flakes and start your own oh, podcast? I, don't know. I think I was just doing enough of that. Like it was kind of like dipping my toe in the water with them. And uh, they're good dudes. I just, I think it was like, okay, I, I have enough of these now where I think I want to keep doing it. Like I wasn't sure how far I would want it to go. And uh, I mean, like the sort of the, the, I guess the, um, the, uh, criteria for who I want to interview is pretty much limitless. It's mostly like generally the criteria is like somebody who was officially involved in turtle history. So like in addition to the voice actors from the original cartoon, I've had like the guy who ran the coming out of their shells tour Mm -hmm. or one of the guys who was the, one of the people who was in the suit for that tour or comic book artists and writers and all that. So really if, if you're officially involved in turtle history in any way, there's a story there that I want to hear about. Um, and so I just kind of liked doing it. So I think it was simply like over time, it was like, all right, you know, I can strike out on my own now and do it. Um, but I was super grateful for the kind of training wheels that they gave me over at Turtle Flakes. So, Yeah, love the Turtle Flakes podcast. It's called Turtles Forever Now. He loves, yep. he's created, he loves the Ninja Turtles so much, he's created three Ninja Turtles podcasts. Rob can't help himself. And I've been a fan Rob of all. Rob also came up with the, the title. Uh, it was, it, I, I, I completely owe him for the title of the podcast, Turtle Tracks, because I was like trying to think of one and he suggested that. And I was like, that's kind of perfect. So I, I stuck with that. And yeah, so I, I, I owe Rob for that. 
It's great. Yeah, the first it's the first episode of the 1987 show, and of course, tracks could be a uh, pun for audio tracks, of course. So it works yeah. out pretty well. So um, yeah, you rob for a number of those things. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's been doing that Ninja oh, Turtles yeah. podcast he's like this, for. He's the nicest dude. He's really a good guy. So yeah, really good. Influence. I also want to shout out to uh, the person who did my logo, uh, Aaron Hazuri. I, I kind of designed it. I knew I wanted something that echoed the um, the uh, coming out of their shells tour. So I had uh, where Michelangelo's uh, got his like busting through the shell uh, with that guitar. So I I designed a a logo with Donatello busting through a shell with a microphone um, in the classic uh, 1987 style of the turtles. And um, uh, I had uh, Aaron Hazuri, who's a artist who works for NECA now um, and does a, such a ton of awesome Ninja Turtles artwork. Um, but he designed, he like executed my design for that and did a killer job with it. Cause I'm still like in love with my logo design that, that Aaron did. So uh, also a shout out to him who's a part of the like a part of the podcast's podcast success. So very nice. Yeah. Great logo, great audio and great interviews. So I've got a lot. I've got my work cut out for me. I don't have a great <laughs> logo or or audio or anything. So um No, I, I checked out your channel. You got some good stuff going on. I I, I listened to a few I watched a few things before I, just to familiarize myself with you a little bit. So oh cool. Yeah. So, and you know what you have that I don't is the um the principle, like the dedication to put stuff out regularly. I, I kind of, and I, I appreciate my listeners sticking with me because like I'll record five podcasts in a row and shoot them out right away. And then you don't hear from me for two months because I get busy with work or whatever, or there's a drought with like reaching out to people. Um, and then like, so then I'll suddenly come back with another five that come out week, week by week. Uh, like right now, um, I got a bunch of people all in a row, like the ninja, the people behind the next mutation series, Judith Hogue. I'm talking to um, uh, Sab Shimono, uh, the guy who played Lord Norinaga in the third movie later this week. And um, I got a few people like come right back to back to back to back. But that, that, that comes after two months of kind of not doing any episodes just because I was, uh, I don't know, uh, exhausted. So you know, I recently did an interview with um, uh, a video game creator named Merso X who did a a fan game of pizza time, uh, which is basically like burger, burger time, but converted into Ninja Turtle, like a Ninja Turtle type game with pizza, with pizza face versus the Ninja Turtles making pizzas. And uh, which was inspired by a NECA accessory from a toy they recently announced. Uh, so uh, right now there's like a bunch of things going on, but then maybe for two months, I won't do anything. So you have a lot of print, uh, a lot of, um, regularity that I, I sometimes struggle with so well you just have to abandon any hopes for high quality if you want the regular schedule you just have to <laughs> com be completely unprofessional and just crank stuff out whether it stinks or not so that's that's my philosophy <laughs> but no you do good stuff um a lot of people you mentioned merso x he's the guy behind rescue palooza and yep. you've interviewed voice actors and suit actors producers artists a little bit of everybody do you have like any favorite moments has anybody ever do you have like a best guest or a favorite guest or something like that or a, a good memory or something i feel bad picking a best guest but for some reason cam clark comes to mind he's just such a sweet guy i had a lot of fun talking to him um so he was a hugely like the original voice of leonardo on that cartoon the first mm -hmm. cartoon was huge uh he's very close uh, along with him were the other 
the four like the four voice actors for this show were like a must for me because those are the, like the voices of the turtles I grew up with. Um, like those are the ones I was most focused on getting. So him, uh, Townsend Coleman, who I've spoken to a few times and couldn't be sweeter. He was great. Uh, Rob Paulson, uh, who was uh, I'm like a huge fan of, and he's you know he's been part of so many cartoons between Turtles and Animaniacs and the Second Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a handful of his um, his Animaniacs live shows, and I met him at Comic Con, and eventually managed to work out a podcast interview. And he was just I was like one of the people I was like kind of starstruck by. And uh, Barry Gordon, who after four years of doing this podcast, I finally got him recently and was very excited to talk to him. So those are a few of the big ones. Um, One of the first podcasts I did, which was a proud moment, was I talked to Steve Steve Barron, who's the the director of the first film. Yeah, the director of the 1990 movie, and he worked on music videos and stuff too. Michael Jackson, Aha, Take On Me. Really talented guy. Oh, yeah. And it was cool to talk to him because there was one question I was kind of dying to ask him is there's a kind of rumor in the Ninja Turtles fandom that Jim Henson didn't like the Ninja Turtles movie, that he thought it was too violent. And this bothered me because in addition to being a huge Turtle fan, I'm a huge Muppets fan. And um, so I, I... was asking him, is this true? And he was like, no, there was some initial concern by Henson that there would be too much violence in the movie, but that when the final product was put together shortly before Henson's death, uh, Henson was happy with what the product was, feeling like it was kind of a swashbuckling sort of fun adventure thing. Um, so I was happy to kill that rumor because it's bothered me for a long time that my two favorite fandom things uh, somehow he, the, Henson didn't like what Turtles was. So that's I was very happy to find that out. That's cool. Yeah, that's nice to hear that they didn't have any um, hard feelings or anything and that they were all pals, happy to work together. It's a lot of cool history there. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody um, like admit anything crazy on the show? Like has anybody ever like come out on the show or like admitted they killed someone or anything wild like that? You've had to edit it out? Nothing that crazy. Uh, I recently talked to a guy named David Shatra. He was in the Michelangelo suit for the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. Um, and he talked about like some of his early appearances, like passing out the first time the turtles were on, th- those turtles were on stage, and uh, the fact that the, sh- the the suits were so heavy that they needed to uh, for their tryout shows that they needed to get rid of the shells, and like literally all the shells from those suits just ended up in a dumpster in some uh, place in New England, uh, and then they replaced the, the the shells with jean jackets that were bedazzled and stuff. Um, so he had some fun stories to tell. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, nothing too crazy. Judith Hogue never admitted to, you know, killing anybody. I'm not surprised. No, nothing like that. Uh, nope. I, I got, I mean, like, no, I mean, so the, some of the crazier stories, the Ken Mitroni one was a fun one because he was my favorite turtle artist ever. And now he's a friend of mine. Um, uh, he talked about like driving uh, cross country with the Mirage gang way back in the day uh, with them all on motorcycles, which was kind of fun stories. Um, but no, nothing, nothing too, uh, scandalous. It's good I to try hear. to keep it a little bit, uh, you know, light if that's possible. It's good to hear. Um, you mentioned you've always, like the turtles have always been around in your life and stuff. Um, like wh- why do you like them? Like, why do you think the turtles are so popular? Why, what, why do you connect with the turtles so much? You know, I don't know. It's funny. It's one of those things I don't love to psychoanalyze too much. I, um, 
I think the reason for the repeal is the dynamic of those four characters um, has everybody watching them identify with somebody. Mm. Um, maybe less so because they didn't have female characters. I mean, aside from April, but they didn't have a ton of female characters early on. Um, so maybe less so, but I think um, in that way. But um, I think the because they're four distinct, diverse characters, there's somebody for everybody to latch on to. If that makes I know sense. what you mean. Yeah, I like yeah. those uh, those four character archetypes. Everybody kind of sees a little bit of themselves or all four of those personalities in themselves. I agree. That, that's probably what I would say, too. I, I don't like to psychoanalyze it either. I kind of just like it. I enjoy it. I don't yeah. want to think about it too much. Yeah. Like, so I've, I've always been a Donatello guy. I was a nerdy kid and sort of remained a nerdy adult. So, like, I think that's, again, there's always something to, uh, I think there's something for everybody to latch on to in seeing themselves in Raphael or Michelangelo or Leonardo or Donnie. So, um. Real fast, the uh, comic book company that publishes the Ninja Turtles comics right now, IDW, recently announced they're laying off like 39% of their staff. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it's unfortunate. I hope uh, I hope Turtles is able to make it through. I know Tom Waltz, who's been like, you know, that that the series um, has been, uh, you know, Kevin Eastman's a part of it and several other people, but Tom Waltz has been the heartbeat of that series. And I don't know if you read it, but it's fantastic. It's like the best iteration i i think it's a the best iteration of any turtles comic book i think it's a great long-running story that has had some fantastic storytelling some of the best storytelling ever with michelangelo some really st cool stuff with mutanimals some really great original characters like old hob so i mean that series has been fantastic and a huge huge part of that probably the biggest part of that has been tom waltz uh has been Tom Waltz. So, I, I mean, I'm, uh, he's, I know he's sticking around with writing the show, even though his position there changed, uh, writing the, the, the comic book, even though I know his position changed. Um, and Sophie Campbell's been writing it and drawing it uh, over the past few years. And I think she's done a wonderful job. Um, so I'm hoping that they're able to keep Turtles together. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's certainly worrisome because it's, uh, I, I think that that comic book is really something special and it's the longest running Turtles comic, but also like, Really, for anything, it's the longest-running Turtles anything that has told a cohesive story all the way through. And there's, it's the most deep, interesting, intricate Turtles universe out there at all. So, yeah, I'm it's been over keeping afloat. Oh yeah, it's been over twelve years and like um, probably like close to two hundred issues with all the miniseries and stuff included. And it's yeah, definitely the longest um, consistent ongoing kind of Turtle series. So they've been, they've done a really good job bringing it into the modern era and synthesizing oh, yeah. everything that came before it and incorporating everything else and i'm really enjoying it too and i wish the best for that series it's going to be tough if we get like a new comic book number one for the 40th anniversary a new publisher a new number one it's going to be tough to start all over yeah and i can't imagine anybody doing that better like you know what i like about that series is in addition to a lot of original ideas it did kind of what the 2012 cartoon did uh which i think my favorite cartoon is the original but i think objectively speaking i think the 2012 cartoon is the best turtles cartoon um but what those things both did separately was pick the best of everything that existed up until that point and incorporate it into their narrative and um so you've got you know the most obscure characters are in that comic book and pulling from the 2003 series which is often underappreciated and so many other things that like all these different parts of turtle lore are put in there put into a blender 
and incorporated a lot of new stuff and coming out with something really interesting. So I can't imagine anybody doing that better, uh, especially w honoring the history of the turtles for the past, you know, 40 years almost. That's nice. Um, you mentioned you have an interview coming up with Judith Hogue, the original April O'Neil from the 1990 movie, the next mutation cast. Um, anything else, any other interviews coming up soon? Uh, let's see the, the ones that are recorded, but not edited yet are the next mutation cast, uh, the next mutation creators. So like the creator and one of the writers and Judith Hogue, those are in the can and done. Uh, later this week, I'm talking to Peter Hastings, who's one of the executive producers of the 2012 cartoon and, uh, Sav Shimono, who was Lord Norinaga in the 2012 cartoon. I'm sorry, in the, he was Lord Norinaga in the Turtles 3 movie. And he was also in the 2012 cartoon as the, oh, um, Mr. Murakami, who like ran the little place where they got the pizza, gyoza mm -hmm. stuff. So he was that guy. Uh, I think I have a few more coming up. I'm not remembering who. Do you have any um, uh, interviews set up with the Mutant Mayhem people? Any of the Mutant Mayhem cast or any of those? Nothing yet. I don't think they're allowed to talk yet. So okay. I, I, I plan to go after... I already kind of reached out to a couple of them and haven't heard back yet. Um, but my goal is to reach out to as many of those people as possible because so far, everything from Mutant Mayhem looks fantastic. So Yeah, pretty cool. You've interviewed a lot of great people, a lot of Ninja Turtles people, like you've mentioned, people behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. I'm just going to quickly read off a list of all these people. Just, it's just so impressive. Kevin Eastman, sure. Pat Fraley, Steve Barron, Roy Burdine, Bobby Curnow, Rob Paulson, Kevin Monroe, Robbie Rist, Renee Jacobs, Ben Bishop, Kelly Hu, Tom Waltz, Trevor Zamet, Townsend Coleman, Merso X, Ken Mitroni, Steve Levine, Mitchell Insisti, Cam Clark, Chris Allen, Ciro Nielli, Michelle Ivey, Barry Gordon. Oh, what a list. That's just some of the names. What an amazing... And now you've spoken to a mentally ill man who pretends to be a turtle on the internet as well. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've done 60... Let's see here. Presently, I've done 67. I guess recorded 69 episodes and like uh, done also like some little ones with like uh, customizers of the turtles uh, toys because I'm I'm huge into toys as you can see behind me. So um, I've done a I've done a lot and I'm I plan to keep doing it because it's been a lot of fun. So and I I just like talking to these people. So I haven't I haven't gotten bored with it. So I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, that's good. Well, hopefully, speaking to you, my interview skills have improved, and hopefully your interview skills haven't been tarnished by talking to me. Hopefully your next interview doesn't go terribly after talking to me, but just wanted to say thanks on behalf of all Ninja Turtles fans. You do great work. Like I said, you're like a documentarian, a historian for the Ninja Turtles, and you do great interviews, and I'd like to tell everybody right now that's listening to go subscribe to the Turtle Tracks podcast, hosted by Brian Van Hooker. Great interviewer, great author, and great Ninja Turtles fan. So I just wanted to say thank you for joining me. Do you ha have anything else you'd like to say? The whole, you know, the microphone is yours. Uh, no, no. I, like I said, I appreciate you. Uh, you I appreciate you being interested in talking to me. Um, I mean, I'm not used to being the guest, so uh, this was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you are a wonderful guest, and it made it very easy on me. Even setting up this interview was really easy. I sent you an email, and you just replied back, sure, I'd love to chat. Couldn't have been any easier. Pleasure to talk to. So definitely want to tell everybody to subscribe to Turtle Tracks today. I'm going to stop the recording and we could say goodbye. Thank you again, Brian. Thank you.